thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Exception with your host, Rachel Favilla. Hello, lovely ones, and welcome to The Healthy Exception, the podcast for teenagers choosing to be the healthy exception to the unhealthy rule. I'm your host, Rachel Favilla, and thank you so much for trusting me with your time and your ears today and for tuning in. And on today's episode, I've got mum with me again. Hi, everyone. It's always exciting to have mum on. I just feel like our podcasts are always frivolous but <laughs> and entertaining, but also, you know, meaningful enough. Thanks, Rach. It's okay. I always get good feedback on your episodes, so oh, I just want to let you know that. That's lovely. Thank it's, you so much. It's a privilege to have you on. Stop. Okay. If you must, but do go on otherwise. <laughs> All right. Well, today's episode is a bit of a Q&A style because um, I, I do really want to keep this podcast relevant to, you know, um, pre-teens and teenagers. And I think sometimes I'm a bit out of touch. Like I am 20 now. I'm a bit out of touch with exactly what you guys are concerned about and what you want to know. Um, so I reached out to my friend Amber, who I met. Um, we're both doing our level one yoga teacher training, and she's a primary school teacher. And I said, hey, could you ask your like older students, like your six and sevens, you know, what do they want to know about health? What's really important to them at the moment? What, what do they want to know? And I'll do like a Q&A podcast um, for them, because I just thought, you know, um, if they're wondering that, that, they're probably a good representation of the average teen. You know, I'm sure there's a lot more of you out there wondering. Um, yeah, so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do our best to answer them in a really balanced manner. And it might then get anyone who is listening, if they've got a question, they might go, oh, that'd be interesting to have that answer. Absolutely. I'd love, I'd like, I, I want to give you guys what you want and what you need to know. So like, yeah, if something, if you do have a question and that's, you think it's pretty general, but yeah, like that'd be good to get an answer and all that sort of stuff, please send them through. Um, on my website, www www.realsoupforthereelsoul.com. Um, there's a page that says workshops and yoga teaching. On there, it's actually got my contact details, so you can contact me through there, or just go onto the Facebook page, uh, Real Soup for the Real Soul, on Facebook, um, and send me a private message. And yeah, I'll leave a comment on this podcast. There's lots of different ways you can contact me, um, and absolutely, it would be lovely to hear from you and well, it just makes it more relevant doesn't it It does and like i feel like it was breaking the fourth wall between podcast and listener it's like let's connect mm, the so, fourth wall it's like in drama you know oh, wall. Okay. you know how like yeah. comedians you, and like you know that they're speaking to you and they know they're talking uh, to the audience whereas in a play it's like you're not there ah uh, yeah the fourth, the fourth wall. wall drama students will know what i'm talking okay about. Any, right, anyway yeah this isn't a drama q and a <laughs> Um, okay, so should we just get into it, dear? Absolutely. Alrighty, so the first question, uh, how much food should you eat in a general day? That really is um, such a subjective question because it really has, there's so many factors that influence that. I'd say from a common sense level, generally, and this is if you drink enough water and you get enough sleep, so, you know, you're not just... Um, thirsty and you're not just your hormones aren't out of whack because you're tired because sometimes you, if you get overtired um the hormones that tell you you're full are, are a bit out of whack and don't work properly so if you know you're getting enough sleep and you know you're drinking enough um gen and you are eating a relatively healthy diet you know so going drawing back on past episodes and what we've said on there generally how much food you should eat in a day depends on your appetite 
because we all know we have days where we're hungrier than others and where we're not as hungry as others. And that's kind of our body's way of regulating. Mm. Um, it depends on how much activity you've got in your day, how much studying you're doing, your body size, your general metabolism, um, oh, so many other things, whether you're sick or whether you're well, yeah, yeah a lot of stresses things. you've got, stresses happening. you've got happening. Um, yeah, like there's just, there's not really a one size fits all answer. And I think a lot of the time that can get really confusing because, you know, if you read health magazines or you read the health section of the newspaper or look at the Australian dietary guidelines, they'll be like, you know, you need this many serves of this per day and this many serves of this, and you should be having this many calories. And the body's not a calculator and we're all different. We can't all thrive on the same number of calories per day and the same servings from these food groups. It's it is really subjective. So can I ask, well, what's your opinion in terms of, because I don't know if this is what the listener was thinking of, yeah. but like three meals a day as opposed to having, you know, like five smaller snacks or something like that. Because, you know, like our school day is yeah. built around, well, probably hopefully having something mm. before you arrive at school ready to kick that brain into action. You'll have a recess break, a lunch break, and then... I don't know, usually at the end of the day you might feel a bit hungry after school or you might wait for tea. But like, mm. So and a lot of our social stuff is broken up around food. Yeah. So in that way, like how much food should we eat in a general day? Mm. Should it be based on three meals, any um, snacks? Are we allowed to snack? Are we not allowed to snack? Yeah, you know? and that, again, I think it's subjective. Some people do better having like three main meals but not really heavy meals like sort of lighter main meals Mm -hmm. a day um and then a few snacks and some people do better not snacking um and it really i think you'll not some people will just have one snack they might have a snack like at recess but they won't need one when they get home and then they have dinner early or they might like and it depends i think on day to day as well some days you might get to recess and actually not be hungry and you're not and like just yeah and it's okay I suppose and I don't I don't you have to be careful because some people are quite emotional around this it's like no you should have your piece of fruit yeah I know um but like I think I I think it does depend on the day and not I suppose eating just out of habit or routine or Mm. going I have to like really list I always say this but listening to your body um, you know, I do think bre- if you, before you go to school, being a student, you know, breakfast is important. It doesn't have to be like a big fry up or, you know, a big bowl of porridge. That can be really filling, but at least having a piece of fruit or a smoothie or having something before Some you go out the door. Yeah, just something. Um, That's like to kickstart your metabolism for the day, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And mm. just to give you, I, I think, I suppose, one thing at school is like, um, you're not going to be given another opportunity to eat for a few hours. So... Having said that, though, like yeah. with my recent experience in schools, yeah. it's like 10 o'clock comes and it's – or even sometimes 9.30 and the kids are saying, can we have fruit time now? Mm. It's like, really? Like, what time did you have breakfast? Do you yeah. know, because, like, one school I'm thinking of has lunch at 20 past 11. Yeah. And I so say if you don't have fruit early enough, mm. but it's this real thing that, like, we have to have fruit time. We, you know, like, where does that come from? Well, I think the thing, and this might be getting a bit off topic, but oh, it's all—I think it's all relative. It's a good conversation to have. Um, is that? Well, these kids are at primary school, aren't they? So yeah, I guess that's why I'm trying to bring it into. Yeah, what no, would the, no, but their that's a really good be. point because I think what I guess I think the idea of fruit snack is 
probably teachers notice kids' energy levels probably dropping even before recess. Mm. And also, you know, um, a lot of snacks that are marketed at kids and at parents of kids Mm. are really devoid of nutrition. Like you think of muesli bars and chips and chocolate bars and sweet biscuits and Mm. all of those sorts of things. There's no nutrition in them and schools realize this. So they're like, well, if we have fruit snack, everyone has to have at least one healthy thing in their their lunchbox. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's that. And if you haven't, and I think that's the thing, if you aren't really a breakfast eater, that's probably really good for you. Cause it's like you break the fast at about, you know, 9 30, 10 mm. o'clock with a banana or an apple or an orange or something. It's really good. But if you had a good breakfast, yeah. you probably aren't needing food straight away. Um, and then I guess it goes back to, you know, how much food in a general day, well, the better quality your food is, Generally, and the more nutrition nutrient dense it is, the less you're going to need if you're mm. having food like processed breakfast cereals or wheat toast for breakfast, as an example, or one of those liquid breakfast drinks that's really processed in long life. It's got very little bioavailable nutrition, so not a lot of nutrition your body can use. You're going to be hungry in a few hours because your body's mm. like, well, I still need nutrients and I don't have them. Yeah. And then if you're giving it chips and chocolate biscuits and cake and all of that again, your body's going to be like, well, great, I've got a burst of energy, but I've still got no nutrition. Get You're going to be starving within like an hour or so. So I think, whereas, you know, say you had some porridge made from oats or buckwheat or brown rice flakes with some coconut milk or almond milk or a really good organic full-fat cow's milk with some berries and banana on top in the morning, that'll probably see you through, through to late morning. You might mm. not even need a snack really, or maybe just some carrot sticks or a strawberry, an apple or yeah, a few strawberries will do. Um, and then, you know, you have a good lunch sort of thing. So I think okay, my encouragement, I suppose, would be, and I've done lots of episodes on in the past, and I'll do a lot more later on this year, just about, you know, what is really good food? What's nutrient density? What's just a healthy diet to have? Mm. If you And like I said, if you're eating that, you're eating real food, you're getting enough sleep, you're exercising, you're like you're keeping fit, you're drinking enough water, so you're not sometimes you can think you're thirsty when you're hungry. Um, just go with your appetite because, and especially like you're as teenagers, you're going through a stage, a lot of youth of like growth, mm. and so you're gonna even if you might have sometimes be like, I feel like I haven't stopped eating all day, is this bad for me? But you don't know, you could be like preparing for a growth spurt or something like that. Um, mm. Yeah, so I think there is no rule of thumb. Mm. There's no guideline that can really tell you. You have to kind of get to know your body and just trust it. Get to a get it to a healthy state where you can trust that, yep, I'm hungry right now and, yep, I'm full now. And just getting, being more aware, I suppose, when you do eat, am I eating out of habit or am I eating because I'm genuinely hungry? Mm. Yeah. Yeah? Do you yeah. think that's? I think that's good. That's good. And not, there's, if there's no such thing as number of servings per day, like, as well I just want to put that out there I think it can be very easy to go well, I need this many servings of grains and now I need this many servings of fruit and veggies and mm. protein and this and that and that can get very distorted and then even if you're full you're like oh but I haven't had all my my three yeah. steps of dairy today I'm really full but I guess I should have a cup of yogurt because otherwise I might not grow and <laughs> or you know something like that or you might be like oh I could really go for you know, another serve of mum's vegetable soup. Oh, but I've had my five serves of veggies today and two and five, I can't exceed that. So I think not too many rules. 
Go with how yeah, you're feeling. Yeah, getting back to intuitive eating, yeah. and I'd love to maybe do a whole episode of, on intuitive eating at some point because I think it is just it's once you get into it, it's like kind of you, you're just like oh, it's pretty basic. But if you've grown up on Australian dietary guidelines and being told this and reading the back of your cereal box to learn about nutrition, you're probably not going to be into that. And you do go, well, how much food should I have in a general day? And, and if you're looking around and seeing what other people are eating, like that's hard not to kind of compare or oh, like, fit is. in the norm. Or Yeah, I used to feel so weird. I'd be like taking just all I'd really want for recess would be an apple because mm-hmm. I'd had a really good breakfast and everyone else, they'd have like a packet of chips, nice cream, this or that and the other. And I'd be like, do I not eat enough? Mm. But I was probably eating more at mealtimes than they were. Yeah, and that's thing. the stuff you don't know. And don't there know. are some kids who are like so sporty, so they have a sport, some, something to go yeah. to, some training before school. And do you know, like there's yeah, all of that. absolutely. So there's no comparison, but I reckon it's pretty hard as to not look at your peers and kind of do that comparison and think, oh, you know, that I should be doing what they're doing because – they seem to be have it all together. Mm. So I like your intuitive eating thing. I think that's good. Thank you. Yeah. Mm. And not worrying, like this can be the age where you get, you sort of think, oh, should I start counting calories or all of that? And I just want to put out there, it's such a dangerous field to go down because it's just when we start focusing on calories rather than nutrients, Mm. a lot of the time we want to get more bang for our buck. We want it so, and just because a food's low in calories doesn't mean it's necessarily good for you. Like, sure, fruits and veggies, most of them are generally quite low in energy and they're really good for you and stuff like that. But then, um, you know, you can get those like a hundred, you know, portion controlled cookies mm. or like Weight Watchers dippers or something, and they're not good for you that just because they're low in calories. So, I just, I just wanted to put that yeah. out there too. If you start to go, oh, yeah, but I don't trust my intuition yet and I know, maybe I'll just yeah. get like I'll start counting calories because it's I put in my weight and my age and my activity level and it gives me the amount of calories I need for the day. That might be sort of on point, but again, just your body is Everyone's going to let you know. I, yeah. And I, yeah. Teenagers are growing still and you just no calculator, no online website, no magazine out you know, feature article can tell you exactly what you need and if you are concerned really like really honestly concerned for whatever reason i would you know one-off consult with an open-minded nutritionist or naturopath might be a way to go and if we're supposed to be calorie counting then we'd all just be like mathematicians yeah and our bodies aren't calculators i think i've said that before but i think it can be so hard to unlearn that because we're, a lot of us have grown up in that society where we learn about the food pyramid or the food wheel, yeah. and so we're learning, learning about that. And everything is about calories, and everything's about portion control, and not getting overweight. Because so much of society is overweight, yeah. so the majority of stuff that's put out there is about weight loss and restriction, and not overdoing it. Because that's the general population. But I, I think How it's sad. yeah, mm. but it doesn't always apply to you. So no, yeah, hope that covers that one. If not, though, if not, though, let ask me know. And be like, yeah. Make it more specific. Yeah, Keep absolutely. On track. Please do. <laughs> um, and so then we kind of covered the next question, but we'll just go into it a bit more detail. Um, someone else uh, um, asked, okay, fruit and veg ratios. How much fruit and veg should I be eating? Again, I think you can't really put a rule. But they do oh, on the ads. Well, I think two, like the whole two and five ad. I don't even know if that's still around, but it used oh, to be. It used to be. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't watch that much TV. But the, you know, the two and five men, well, teenagers would still know what I'm talking yeah, about. You know, yeah. that face 
it's made up of the fruit and the veg and this <laughs> yeah that thing i used to get it mixed up though like which was the fruit and which was the veg yeah is it two fruit and five veg yes. oh okay a good rule of thumb is always for your like you don't necessarily have to go two and five but you know when i what i mean by that is generally you could do more than that mm. i wouldn't say do under that or you could probably just have one fruit and like seven veg or no fruit and eight veg one day like if you wanted oh, to do okay. that generally you always want your veggie ratio to be higher than your fruit ratio because veggies are just fruit like i'm not demonizing fruit i love fruit think it's fantastic but it is higher in sugar so oh, yeah yeah that um, makes sense your body just doesn't need as much fruit as it does vegetables basically okay um but fruit's still really good. Um, I don't. I think two and five, like as a government initiative, I think it's a really good starting point because a lot of people aren't actually having that. Like they're not having that many veggies, and I yeah. think you know I, I don't want to give. This isn't like specific specific nutrition advice. This is general, but mm. in general, I think that the whole um, food wheel and the dietary guidelines for years have put such an emphasis on grains. But mm. if you compare a grain to a vegetable. Vegetables are so much denser in nutrition. And I feel like sometimes because we're told we need, again, this is going back to not worrying about servings Mm. of things per day. If you're getting, you know, if you're having, basing your breakfast on some sort of cereal or bread and your lunch on bread or pasta or rice and dinner on bread or pasta or rice, it doesn't leave a lot of stomach space for vegetables. So you might be getting a a little bit of salad in your bowl, probably Mm. not getting any veggies at breakfast maybe getting, you're probably getting most of your veggies at tea, but it's just not enough to make up even just five serves. Mm. And, you know, your body's in terms of nutrition level, your body's, you know, could probably do with like six or seven servings. But again, that's, I used to like what you used to say. Oh my gosh, something useful. Well, you used to say it's about what you have over the whole week. Like it doesn't matter if you don't meet your target on this day because then you might have extra the next day and then not as much the next day and then extra the next day, but it's all sort of what you're having in the week. And I think mm. that's the same with anything, not just fruit and vegetables, but like, you know, your meat and your fish and your eggs and mm. certain dairy products if you tolerate dairy or certain grains if you tolerate grains or nuts. Like you don't have to have the perfect, whatever the perfect idea of serving mm. is per day. It's about having a variety and a balance. And there are some days where you might, for whatever reason, maybe you're extra stressed or you're, really active and you're just craving protein rich foods yeah you just want to eat like chicken legs and leftover meatballs and (laughs) you know hard-boiled eggs if that's your thing or something like that like you just want really protein rich foods and then there might be other days where you're like I don't want my meat I actually want you know an extra serving of vegetables or I want a bit more rice or Mm. whatever and I think again it comes back to the intuition and trusting yeah Um, but I do think two and five if you're starting if you know that you're not even doing that that's yeah, a really a good, good place point. to start. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. Okay, that's yeah. good. Um, should you worry about your weight at age 12, when I suppose to make that more general, at any, yeah, when growing up, whether you're a bit younger than 12 or older than 12, you it's have something that to say pre- about that. that pre-teenage thing, though, isn't it, like 12? That's an interesting question because it's at age 12. Obviously, it's person's yeah, 12. Yeah, 12, year 6, 7, that's what we were asking. But I guess around going through puberty that sort of age yeah um well I know I got a bit hung up to think about the word worry it's like 
should you worry about your weight? You know, you hear it, or people talk diets all the time. I think especially this time of the year, it's yeah. like, oh, I overindulge at Christmas or New Year or it's holidays and da da da. Now I have to go back to work and now I have to start. It's like, oh my God, really? Like, I know it, no, that does but happen. We said that on our Christmas episode. Yeah. I'm sorry, now because we've done New Year's yeah. episode. We said, like, if people like, plan to overindulge at Christmas. Stuff themselves stupid and then go, oh, regrets. Yeah. It's like, well, you do it every year. So I think anyway, on my thing was like, you know, not worrying about it, but just being, I think like you say in most podcasts, that being aware of who you are and who you're growing into and not forgetting that you're still growing and your body's still developing. So if you become too tight about um your weight and ideal weights and what your body shape should look like and stuff and like I should, that. How much weight should I lose? Because yeah. I'm not, you know, I want to look good in a bikini sort of thing. That's right. And, and, and it, I, that is yeah. important. Like, you know, I mean, we're all, we've all been there and we still are there a lot yeah, of times. And it's like, I want to look good when I do things. I do. And I want other people to think I look good and maybe even say I look good. Yeah. I want to look skinny in photos. But, like, there, you know, are, yeah. Yeah. but there are times within our lives that if we're only thinking about controlling that, and we're not really just enjoying life and letting our bodies be what they need to be. If we're, if, if we're doing the things that you talked about in the first two questions, then weight shouldn't really be a worry. It, you know, like mm. it shouldn't. That's if everything's going okay. Yeah. Because there's also huge hormonal changes in yeah. teenage bodies. And so sometimes it wouldn't matter how incredibly careful you were in all your portion control or what mm. you're putting in there and your fruit and veg and yada, yada, your body is going to have to change shape. It's like butterflies. It's like metamorphosis. It's like we have to change and we have to accept change even though you can have an idea of what you want to look like in the future, so the long-term you, mm. but as you're growing, you're going to have to go through some ugly stages, I think, sometimes. Yeah, there, think- are this, there are always going to be those people that just seem to be stunning. I know. And hot and sexy from, like, the time they're five years old. And but they've just- got photos that they're not showing. I think they have albums that go mm. away under the bed. I think that's what you should do when you go to your friend's place. I reckon check under the beds or top of the wardrobes. They're somewhere. I suppose now they're not. They're in computers. They're, they're on their parents' Facebook pages. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but in, but yeah, that's in one general, side no, of it, isn't it? It is one side of it. And I think you're right, I guess. No, not worry about your weight, but I guess just worry about your not worry about your health, but be aware of your health. Like my mum said, are you this like intuitively eating? So not just eating out of habit, and are you eating nutrient dense foods and listening to your body's cravings and what it's asking for? Are you being fit and doing some form of exercise every day? Are you getting enough sleep? Are you drinking enough water? Mm-hmm. We've talked about chemicals before on other podcasts. You know, mm-hmm. do you like? Um, do you use low or no chemical shampoos, conditioners, moisturizers, because mm. these have chemicals in them that stress your body out. And so your body and the skin absorbs everything. So you put this stuff on and the body goes, Oh my God, I can't handle this, this in the bloodstream. Mm. And it actually creates extra fat tissue. So it's, well, what it will do, it'll, first of all, it'll store the, these toxins in the fat tissue to protect itself. Mm. And if you run out of stores there, it'll actually almost, um, force your body to hold on to extra fat so it's got more storage for them, mm. which is quite scary, really. Um, but sometimes that can be the difference, and that's not always going to be the thing. But if you're like, well, I eat right, I exercise right, I get enough sleep, and like, why is this? Just maybe try 
you know, just using some essential oils as a deodorant or going to the health food store and getting a nice natural brand. Um, and same with your shampoos and your conditioners. It's just a little extra thing to think about. Um, you know, like we said, I think there's, there's almost a knee jerk reaction now. As soon as any young person worries about their weight, that's because we've mm. got a bit of a culture of eating disorders. I think there's too much, so much of a push to shut it down straight away. Mm. And I'm like, let's be honest. We like looking good in a bikini. We like looking good in our clothes in photos, you know, active it's wear. active wear. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I, I think to say that doesn't matter. Like, I know it doesn't like, it's about the person you are. I do know that, but I also know that I'm, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, whatever. I like, I know, but I still want to look good. I know. And, and um, I, yeah, I'm like that too. But I think uh, like I'm, I'm healthy and I feel really good. And I think whenever I feel good in my body, I feel like I look better in photos, whether I do or not, I think is another thing. Mm. Um, so I think, but I think there's the other extreme too, like you mentioned before about why there's maybe a government push for looking at the different ratios of fruit and veg, yada, yada. Yeah. But obesity is a really, a really big thing. That was like, <laughs> I'm pardon so the pun. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a topic that is, it's just growing, isn't it? And <laughs> oh my God, this is getting worse. I, I don't, this is why we don't talk about it because it's, there's no words. Expanding. Oh it? my gosh. <laughs> no, but it, that's the other thing. And so you like young kids or teenagers can get really worried because they're stacking on the weight and they seem to be doing everything right. But I do remember like the, I had come from a family of three and we all had a very similar lifestyle, but I was like, yeah, I probably went through some podgy stages, but I was always a skinny one. I ate the same as everyone else in the family and I would have exercised, you know, the same amount, probably more than some, but not mm. overly. I wasn't yeah. obsessive. But like my brother went through a stage where he was really, I think probably now we might call him obese. But then, and it was like, oh my God, you know, that's disgusting. <laughs> but then he just shot up. Like, and he's never been that stage again. No, he's a, like, he's six foot something yeah. lean. Yeah. You would never know. No. And it's the same, like, I was a podgy little banana, really, wasn't I? Yeah, different stages. Yeah, but you look at me now, were. and people, people that didn't know me as a kid go, as if you could have, like, I'm sure you're over exaggerating. It's like, would you like to see a photo? I was a heifer but I grew out of it and I didn't change my eating. Now I look back to like, you know, myself in primary school, I didn't have a healthy diet. I was really fit. I didn't have a healthy diet, but I slimmed out and shot, slimmed down and shut up mm. before I actually started eating healthier. So it wasn't really a dietary thing. And I think that's really important because I think that happened probably to my brother who probably did get a bit more active and stuff. Mm. But if he hadn't had that weight now like he shot up so fast he was quite sick for quite some time just because I think it was almost like the hormones kicked in and it was too fast mm. and he was like then became like a beanpole and he was just it, yeah, yeah. It was such a shock for the body because he I wasn't used so. to being skinny anyway and I think you, you never know if you're about to have a growth spurt no so I'm not saying if you feel if you feel kind of frumpy and it's yeah. actually affecting your daily life, like you can't play sport properly oh, yes. or it's you have no energy, you can't breathe properly. But, you know, if you're just maybe carrying a little bit of extra weight, you don't know that, you, like, if you're about to shoot up and become a lean bean. Yeah. And if you obsessively try to change that, you might miss out on an opportunity for a growth spurt because your body goes, 
well, I don't actually have enough reserve now to go through this growth spurt and change and mm. I, I can't. So, and then you miss out on that opportunity and you know, you could have been like maybe 10 centimeters taller, but you yeah. manipulated that. And I think, I think that there needs to be a conversation that's had, because oh, I don't good. think that's talked about. I was going to say a conversation with your parents would be good too, to see what would they like. Hopefully there'll be truth out there about mm. what they were like when they were growing up and yeah. their experiences, because I don't know how much anyone talks about it because we're supposed to always be this model, perfect society that looks fantastic. You know, yeah. there is a lot of emphasis placed on, Oh, almost shallowness. It's skin deep stuff, isn't it? But yeah, you know, but like that because it used to help me because I sometimes, you know, I'd noticed that I was a bit more ribbon esque, I suppose, than oh, nice head. Um, some of the, my my peers. And you'd say to me, and like you, because you were like your adult self, so you were really quite thin. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, Rach, I went through podgy phases, and you show me photos, and you'd be like, but I grew out of it, and look at me now. And you have to look at your background, your like your mm. um, cultural background, and what happens at different times in different yeah, bodies. Because you know, others are, might be really slim, and that's what you're surrounded by. But then, as they get older, or their hormones kick in, their hips come out, and like that's just going to be their body shape because yeah. that's the culture they come from. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. So that, you know, some things you can't change, but you can also then mold or whatever like so that if you're you're like you said if it's affecting your lifestyle and things you can do that's when you'd want to kind of go all right yeah, but I then it's to... your health it's not yeah it is your weight so much no, like i think that's the, the thing package. being overweight it in itself isn't unhealthy it's the ramifications of being un- overweight mm. and all the risk factors associated with it Whereas yeah. some people are naturally just heavier. Mm. And I think I just want to put out there and it might sound like we're having a rave, but I think everything we're talking about is quite relevant. <laughs> we always do though. Yeah, we do. That. That's okay. We've got a list. So it's okay, all good. good. Um, you know, there's this whole thing about BMI and ideal weights mm. and all of that. And I'm sorry, but I just need to put it out there now. I think it's crap. What's BMI stand for? Body mass index. That's and it's right. like this calculation to go as your weight right for your height. Mm. But it doesn't take into account body mass. Mm. Like, sorry, body, um, body mu- like muscle. Mm. It's so you could be really strong and athletic and it'll put you in the obese category. Yeah. On the flip side, you could have a really tiny bone structure and just minimal body fat percentage because that's your genetics and it's going to tell you that you're hospital low weight and that you need to go in and be put on a feeding tube when that's naturally healthy for mm. you. And um, this is not saying that if you starve yourself and you're really skinny, that then that's okay because that's my natural weight. Like it's not. No. But, you know, I, I as an example, I've got a friend who was a female footballer, played state football, state cricket, state everything, and she hates BMI because by that standard she's obese. She's not obese. She's built like a tank, but oh. she – No, no, no. I hope you're listening. No, no, no. Like, she, like she's not so you. strong and she's so good at sport. And she always has been. She's excelled at that mm. because she's just solid, but she's muscle and she's toned. Yeah. And, it and doesn't she needs go... that for the sports that she's playing, doesn't she? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I think stuff like that can make you really worry. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if you're always trying to fit into a certain weight category, because like, should you worry about your weight at age 12, it might not be in the way we always think about it. In the podgy way, a lot of people that are thin worry about it and mm. go, I'm not curvy enough, I'm not bulky yeah, enough. Yeah, I haven't got a and, figure yet. You know, that can be really damaging too. That was more me. It was mm. like I ate a lot of junk food. Like I'd 
wanted to eat healthy most of the time, but then I'd get teased at school. Mm. And so then I'd go out of my way to eat junk food, especially at school around other people mm. to be like, yeah, look, I can do this. I and fit in. I fit in. Yeah. And all of that. And I felt awful. Mm. And I look back and I go, regrets, like really, it was not worth it. But, um, yeah, so I just, yeah, I want to put that out there that, yeah, just, if you hear anything about, uh, um, you know, weight averages and, mm. um, sorry, I've lost my train of thought, but you, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, just take it with a grain of salt, I suppose. Yeah. The it's, calculations and all those sorts of things. Oh, motivated. I know what I was going to say. Oh, sorry. Goodness. She's back. Um, I was going to say like, and to like the big push out there is that, you know, a lot of people are overweight and obese and they keep bringing statistics out which means all the health promotion information that we, we're getting mm. is generally always aimed at people, like helping people lose weight. Mm. So everything's always going to be about be more active. Eat, like moderate your portion sizes. Do this, do that. And they're not speaking to the people that are thin and healthy weights. They're, no. So yeah, I think you could almost become guilt, feel guilty for eating or feel guilty for just not being as active as you were the day before because it's like, mm. oh, but that government ad told me to swap this for that. Yeah. And, and, like, I'm not having a go at the government initiatives. I think they're good, but it's important it's to reactive, know that they're not they're, – they're reactive and they're not generalised health information. They're targeting specific populations. Mm. You'd be um, more worried, wouldn't you, if you were starting school and you had to have all your uniforms made because there wasn't any uniform that fit you, your body size, going into school. Yeah, would that be a good point? Yes, although I was going to say they oh. keep upping clothing sizes. Oh, I know. But do you know what I mean? Yeah, Way I know. Out of yeah, the norm. yeah well, that's probably maybe a good it's in- like, Yeah, that might be a good indicator. But if you're just, you know, feeling like, oh, a little – you're just looking in the mirror or you find yourself comparing yourself to your friends and you're like, I don't feel like I look right. And if you're or I want to look like the supermodel in this TV show or magazine or – And you're ch- checking all those things daily – yeah, just watch that because it can become obsessive. And yeah, things don't change daily, like no, do they? They don't. So yeah, yeah. Okay, move on. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay, um, is cold water healthy? Is that to drink or to bathe in? I think they mean to drink. Okay, good. <laughs> um, well, that's an interesting one because if you listen to anyone that follows traditional Chinese medicine or Ayurvedic medicine, which is like um, traditional Indian medicine, they'd be like, nah, cold water is like poison. You should never have it. It'll give you cancer, yada, yada, yada. Um, okay. Well, because they're like, it makes the body really cold. And because it is like the body's a certain temperature, cold water is a lot colder and you're putting that in and it's cooling everything down. And so it sort of makes you cold and your body has to like go almost go into shock to bring everything else back up to speed. Um, and personally, I just, as a little bias, I don't like cold water. I like room temperature water or warm water, like water, like filtered water that's been boiled in the kettle and then cooled down. It's just nicer or like warm purple teas but that's so i wouldn't recommend to anyone to ever drink water cold water (laughs) drink water water, guys sorry (laughs) don't drink cold water but um i suppose i wouldn't at the same time cold water is still going to be heads and shoulders about uh, above most drink options you're going to be offered oh yeah so 
I don't know if that's all that's available to you. Or if you're, if for whatever reason you're like, I hate warm water, I hate room temperature water, but I like my water cold, you need water to survive. Mm. So I think it's a matter of good, better, best. I'd say the best water is like a good room temperature water, like a spring water or, um, you know, a filtered water, water that doesn't have chlorine or fluoride in it. Which then a lot of those schools are putting filtered water taps, taps in, in now, yeah. but they they are climate controlled, like they're cooler. They are cooler, but that is still going to be better than getting it out of the regular tap because you don't want to be yeah. getting So I don't think it's just a, the matter of the temperature. It's like, what's the quality like? Is, is it like, we've talked about this before with your water quality, like chlorine is in there to, as a disinfectant, um, which is good because you think about countries overseas where they don't have it. And, you know, we're always told going overseas, don't drink the water, you know, mm, boil, yeah. boil everything, use bottled water. Um, but we don't really want to be drinking that disinfectant because it's disinfecting our insides, yeah, which is kind of gross. Um, yeah, it is. And fluoride, there's mixed debates on that. Personally, I just don't like the idea of it because it's like, well, it's not naturally in water in the extent that it's in it's kind of like they're medicating the water mm. and there's a bit of mixed information some people say it protect i think it protects your teeth like when it's applied topically but we don't need it in our systems like i'm um, taken orally so um there's that so a good quality filtered water which they probably have at your school and if that's cold that's still going to be your best option mm. um especially on warm days like i do Admit the only time I will drink cold water out of the fridge because mm. I still keep a bottle of water in the fridge yeah. is on those hot days. And if I've been like I don't know out on a walk or um, I'm in the garden for ages, mm. cold water really hits the spot because I guess it does. It decreases my temperature, yeah, and I feel better faster. But yeah, to have one just inside with tea, I don't enjoy it. I'd, I'd yeah. rather at room and temperature. And that's a good point. Like drinking with meals isn't the best thing like having a few sips is fine mm. um but generally drinking with meals isn't a great idea unless your meal is a smoothie and so the drink is the meal um because it dilutes your digestive enzymes mm. and so it makes your food harder to digest mm. so and i think some things are nicer too like not just water but like kombucha is nice chilled or coconut water kefir or just like the co- fresh coconut water from a coconut mm. is nicer cold mm. so i think it just and those are all really healthy drinks and it's like it was it's the difference between you drinking them and not drinking them in temperature then go for it so i'd say in general go for room temperature or warm water but always i does I, warm water do you any particular good well some um again like going back to traditional chinese medicine ayurveda they do say that's it's better easily more easy, easily absorbed and used oh, by yeah. the body and it's all of that sort of thing because it's more similar temperature to the yeah similar so it's just less work for your body um, okay so yeah, yeah like so that would be like if you if you're willing to drink any sort of water you want to just know what's the best one I would say yeah. warm um, but don't freak out about having a bit of cold and especially like if you normally drink warm and then you're offered cold because you're out and you're thirsty you know, don't feel guilty about it. Just yeah, hydrate. have it. Hydration <laughs> is like your number one priority. The water quality is the second priority. Water temperature would be like your third priority. Well, that's I'd, a good way of putting it. Yeah. That. Yeah, I like that. That's good. Um, and then the next question, oh. um, is too much water bad for you? Yes. Mm. But, and I've got a little an, experience. This one. Yeah, because, again, like going back to the, you know, everyone's – generally people don't drink enough water generally people are obese generally people aren't eating enough veggies generally this so then the health promotion side of things goes 
or you need to eat heaps of veggies, you need to um, lose heaps of weight, you need to drink heaps of water because they're assuming that you don't um, or that you're not or whatever it is. And with water, um, I remember I was already drinking more, like more than enough. I'm a pretty tiny human, you know, quite short, very skinny, don't weigh heaps um, as my natural constitution. So therefore I don't need as much water, but every magazine I read, every radio ad, every newspaper article would always be about drinking more water, drinking more water. And so I would drink more water and drink more water thinking I was, and I just, I'd have this guilt thing, you know, and it was probably a bit silly, but I was younger at the time and I was quite active. And my dad is really into water and he would drink like big, you know, two liter bottles. He'll drink several of those a day. And he's always pushed me to drink water mm. and always, or, you know, and I think we're from that culture of always having a drink bottle in your desk. And mm, yeah. It's just that, it's that, that push. Um, and I had bladder issues. Like I could not control myself. I, every time we were out, I would be like running on the spot, jumping up and down, being like, oh dear Lord, like where is the nearest <laughs> toilet? I'm going to explode. I felt like would, I was taking my granny out. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I would seriously, like I've wet my pants on numerous occasions because I did lose control and I was 16. I She's think. not proud to say that. I, I'm not. But no. anyway, I went to, we, I went to a um, female physio that specialized in like that area and I just said, I have no bowel. I said, no, no, no bowel control. I'm like, no she said, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> no, oh, I no. have no bladder control. <laughs> and she was like, how much do you weigh? And I told her. And she's like, how much do you drink? And I told her. And she was just like, yeah, you're having like four times the amount you need. You're just flushing things through. Mm. And what it was doing was it was flushing all my electrolytes out. Now, I wasn't having any symptoms of that at the time. No. Like, it wasn't chronic. Um, but yeah, like it had, if it had kept going, it would have been quite dangerous. I would have yeah. probably ended up in hospital on a, like, um, one of those, os, uh, osmotic. Oh, I don't know. It's uh, a bit technical. Um, mm. Isotonic solutions. Ah, like okay. the Oh, they put the electrolytes back yeah. in. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, but I think that's such a good question because we're yeah, always being told to drink more water, hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. And look, it is so important. And a lot of people don't drink enough water, yeah. but there is. The general rule of thumb is about 30 mils per kilo of body weight. Okay. As Just as I'm doing nutrition dietetics at uni and that's what we're taught. Mm -hmm. But I'd say the best thing, your thirst mechanism. Yeah. Like some people say, oh, once you're thirsty, you're dehydrated. I don't. No, I feel like the body's not that stupid. Why on earth would we have a thirst mechanism if it went, oh, I'm already like halfway dead now and like shriveled up and dehydrated. Now I'm going to let you know I feel like, because you know when you drink and you're not thirsty, you kind of feel a bit sick sometimes. It feels all slushy in your tummy. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that. I, I I don't know. Like I'm not, a, I haven't actually looked up the science in that one, but I'd say from a common sense point of view, when you're thirsty, drink, preferably water. Yeah. <laughs> Good quality water, going back to the last question. Um, and check the colour of your pee. Yeah, that's you know, it should that's be nice true. and clear. Should be generally clear, maybe a little tinge of yellow. If yeah, you're, yeah. It, apart from the first pee in the morning, which is like all the it's all waste products it? from overnight and stuff, your body's been detoxing and stuff, that'll probably be quite dark yellow. But if your pee's quite dark yellow during the day, mm. that's generally a sign it's quite concentrated, so your body's been holding on to water. Um, obviously if you're active, you're going to need more yeah. than on less active days. Um, yeah, but yeah, in you summer you need more than you do in winter, don't you? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Unless you're in lots of heating yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and it really does depend and it depends too on your diet. Like 
you think about fruits and vegetables, how much water's in them, or like cooked mm. rice or porridge or soup. Or yeah. like, where, where are you? Not just are you water, having, do you it? have a smoothie for breakfast? I have a smoothie for breakfast. Yeah. So like, where are you getting liquids and where are you getting hydrated mm. for the rest of your day? If you've got a really a diet that's dense in water, rich foods, you're naturally just going to be hydrated through your food. Yeah. And that's going to be even more hydrating because it's not just the water. It's got all the other nutrients and electrolytes in it as well. As Which opposed, doesn't mean you don't have to drink. No, you it? still have to drink, but you don't have to drink as, as much, much. Whereas yeah, you, if, you know, you're know, you having a day where you're kind of snacking, so you're having like trail mix and mm. homemade muesli bars and things like that, um, you know, granola rather than a porridge or like whatever, that sort of thing, you're probably going to need more just because that's they're more drying foods. Because lots of salty things make you really thirsty. Yeah, don't they? exactly. Mm. Yeah. So I think. Does the salt dehydrate you so you need to drink more or is it just a reaction in your tongue um, sort of thing? No, it kind of, it does because it changes the electrolyte balance if you have oh, too much. Okay. Like people that sweat a lot need more salt, for example. Yeah. But if you don't, it kind of does. Just it changes um, the electrolyte balance in the body, and then so your body tries to counteract that by asking for more water oh, to yeah, balance it, to it out. Flush it out sort of yeah, because oh, yeah. you want you, cool. you sort of need your potassium and your sodium to kind of they've got like a um, not proportional, you know, that relationship where one's up and the other's down and yeah. inverted or. I don't know. Let's just say balance. balance. Well, they've got it. Can I just say that yeah. Rachel's hands are going up and down here, like seesaw or a balance beam, or like there's a lot of not um, non-visual, non non-visual, non-verbal, non-verbal. There's lots of hand gestures. <laughs> She's doing a lot of things with her. Are hands. you dehydrated, Mum? No. <laughs> um, I've always been this way. Okay. <laughs> I just mean um, if. If you have too much sodium, your body's going to want more potassium and it's going to want more hydration. It's going to so want go more water. for it. If it's asking for it, go for it. Because I know if I yeah. have like salty bacon or something like that or um, ham in in something, it's like mm. after tea, I'll be a lot drier. And it's like, oh, I need a drink before I go to bed. Whereas normally I wouldn't have a drink just before I went to bed. Yeah, I think that, you is, know? that is a thing. Thing, but yeah. otherwise I'll wake up it's really dry. It's to help dry. flush the salt out, otherwise it can yeah. kind of dehydrate you. Thank yeah. you. No, that's good. Um, yeah, so it can too much can be bad for you. So just drink. These when questions you're are good. They are really good because I think they're so general. They're things that you almost would forget to cover otherwise. But yeah. That's such a good they're question. They're not relevant just to primary school or, or you know, like young teenagers. No, they're relevant me, to I'm everyone. Going, oh, really? What happens there? Yeah. <laughs> so and good. I guess the message just keeps coming back to trusting yourself and trusting your body to give you the signal that it needs rather than going yeah but it's nice to be able to put it with to something too where you can actually explain a little bit of the science behind it it's like oh yeah okay yeah otherwise you're hearing all that media hype stuff like you said Mm. and so you're more guided by that so these questions are kind of asking for some balance back from that yeah to to allow kids or sorry young people to um yeah to to believe their intuition and to go, oh, yeah, well, that's what I thought. It's just nice to check, I reckon. Because mm. I always used to think, really? Like, are we all de- like, are we dehydrated by the time we're thirsty? That doesn't make sense. Mm, no. Like, just why? 
I, do you know? I, we're not. I don't ha- even know why. We're not was. halfway to starvation by the time our body lets us know we're hungry. So, what was it during the day? You were thinking about this stuff or at night? Like I've never thought about this stuff. What no, was, you know, it's like wrong when, with you? when you're like a kid and you're sitting on the floor cross-legged at school and you're really bored and you're like drifting off. Oh, and you're like, <laughs> that's when I'm teaching, right? Okay. And, oh yeah. yeah, but not in your class. <laughs> oh, thanks. your class was great. Oh yeah, of yeah. course it was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Okay, good. And uh, last one, um, there were two girls that their dad had cancer or has cancer, mm. and um, he was diagnosed at the same time. This is what, what I got from my friend Amber when she was asking me their questions. Oh, yeah. Um, she just messaged them through on their behalf. Um, it sounded like when he went on a health kick or decided to start living a bit healthier that he got the diagnosis, and so they thought it was because he made healthy lifestyle mm. choices that he got cancer. Oh, and like as in too many changes to the body sort of yeah or that being or like a healthy lifestyle actually gives you cancer oh. um I, well, that's was the way i sort of interpreted it okay. or that she interpreted it and passed it on to me and that's an interesting one because what can happen if you've had a relatively unhealthy lifestyle or not even an unhealthy lifestyle but you're just you're with your genetics and your upbringing you just had a you weren't really healthy just to begin with. You were a bit behind the eight ball. And then you start to implement healthy thing, healthy just general living, like drinking a bit more water, doing a bit more exercise, eating healthier foods. Your body get, gets a chance to start clearing away any of the stored toxins, especially the stored toxins in the adipose, the fat, sorry, adipose tissue is fat tissue, so fat tissue that we were talking about before. And they before they get excreted, either through sweat or through poo or wee or anything like that, they do go into the bloodstream and that can cause stress. Mm. And so it would be easy to go, oh, well, that might, that could cause cancer. But it's not exactly like that. Even if that sort of does trigger something, it was the toxins from unhealthy mm, lifestyle choices or um, not even lifestyle choices but ex- toxic exposure from chemicals in the environment or, you know, when we were younger, foods our parents fed us that we didn't really have control over or mm. that, that sort of stuff. Um that predisposed us to increase oxidative stress that then triggered something and, or, you know, um, switched on a gene that um, then started like um, rapid cell division of cells that should have, there should have been a stop Mm. in that gene sequence. It shouldn't have kept getting reproduced, but somehow the, um, the point checkers, because on, on every time a gene's reproduced, there's meant to be a certain or cells reproduce. There's meant there's check, checkpoints where the body mm. actually goes, okay, is this cell healthy? Yeah, okay, cool, keep reproducing. And there's meant to be these um, trackers that goes, oh, no, there's something wrong with this sequence. Mm, like we need, quality control. Yeah, like quality yeah. control. Like on a, you know, yeah, you think like about factories on a conveyor belt and there are people that, you know, yeah. just like would chuck off the dodgy potatoes for yeah. making chips and stuff. Yeah, absolutely yeah. like that. But okay. what happens with cancer is that something goes wrong mm, and those like controller genes don't switch on. And so maybe like it's like the people being out on their break and the, all the dodgy, funky-looking yeah. potatoes going through. Yep. It's the same thing and then they reproduce and then they reproduce mm. and that's cancer. Mm. And the more oxidative stress the body goes through, and that can be because of chemical exposure, because of physical stress, because of not eating enough antioxidants, mm. anything like that, the more of that that happens, the more predisposed to these genes not working you are. And so what can happen sometimes is during a detox, 
your body's releasing this stuff and it does cause short-term stress. Mm-hmm. And you, I wouldn't say it caused cancer, but it could be the straw that breaks the camel's back, but it's never going to be, but that's not to say don't get healthy. No. Um, it's, I think that probably would have been a really unfortunate coincidence just with the timing yeah. and yeah, but I guess the positive from that is that with you guys being young, mm. um, you know, chronic disease present, prevention is so important. And I think that's something we don't think about when we're young. And I say this every week mm. because when you're young and you're fit and you're healthy, even if you eat a bit too much junk food and even if you use chemical sprays, deodorants, yeah. like you kind of think, oh, whatever. Like, get away with it. Yeah, like as if that would make a difference. I'm healthy, I'm fit. And I think, and I used to totally, I used to be like the mayor of that saying. Like I was, <laughs> I thought I was getting away with it. I was slim, I was active. I was getting away with it. And then I was 14 and had an autoimmune disease and was like six months away from death Mm. and had no idea. And all of a sudden it was like, all right, maybe I'm not getting away with this stuff. So I think as a message for you guys, like start now, like eat Mm. well, as I said, eat well, incorporate daily activity, get enough rest, stress less, like just don't sweat the small stuff. Mm. You know, I think there's so many stresses in our lives. I think that would be a good podcast episode too talking about unnecessary stresses that teens are exposed to and just mm. how to let them go. Yeah. Because I so got hung up on them when I was younger and it so wasn't worth it. No. Um, it's you know, such a bad habit to get it into. It is. And it was just being, I suppose like we say, being aware, you don't always have to be perfect and your life doesn't have to become small and rigid because you're trying to be healthy. No. But to have that awareness and go, every is this choice bringing me closer to health and happiness or closer to disease and sickness, really? Mm. And because the more... And I suppose the less stress you're exposed to, mm. that means when you are exposed to stress, when you do your choose to have something, if you do choose to eat something that's not perfect, if you do <laughs> choose to stay up a bit late, if you do choose to, or you're hanging out with someone who's wearing a really strong perfume, you wouldn't personally use it, but someone else is wearing it. Mm. It's not going to over tip your bucket. It's no. not going to tip you over into cancer zone or no. cancer predisposition. Your body's going to be able to handle it. Like you think about, um, in the Mediterranean, you know, they eat lots of white bread and pasta and drink lots of red wine. And some, a lot of the old people there smoke and they still live into their hundreds because they're so chilled and they live, you know, they walk every day and they eat lots of vegetables and stuff. It's not just the bread. They eat a lot of that other stuff and it counteracts it. Whereas here we've got so much stress in our daily lives and so much chemical exposure. We don't have as much wiggle room as they do. No. So Um, we should all, move to the Mediterranean. No, country. I think it's just being aware of the decisions we make now, mm. even though we think it doesn't matter and I'll be healthy when I'm older or like that doesn't matter or. Yeah. And you know what? You might be one of those charmed ones that yeah. it wouldn't matter for, but you don't know that. And do you want to take that risk? And do you, if you can do something about it, why wouldn't you? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's. It's that's being responsible, point. isn't it? And yeah. It's being the healthy, healthy exception. exception. <laughs> so I hope that that sort of um, great questions too yeah guys. they're really good questions and i hope we've done them justice mm-hmm. i hope we haven't raved too much but that we've also covered them enough that you feel like you've got some direction um it's probably a good point to finish so to keep this podcast on the shorter side just oh, good so that you don't get bored you know it's been maybe a good walk you've had us on or <laughs> whatever um and yeah like please let me know I'd love, especially students at the school, I will be sharing this with your teacher. So hopefully you guys listen to it. Please let me know if you liked it. And, yeah, send three more questions if you want or ideas for podcast topics. I'd really love to hear from you. 
Um, so until next week, Mum, is there anything else you'd like to say? No, just good luck. And I think it's really good to be at a state, you know, kids who their teacher might ask, have you got any questions? You know, could you put this out there? What do you think about? Like they took it on board and they participated. And I think that is fantastic because I think sometimes even as a older adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there are some things you think oh, I should know that, but I think I learned through listening to so many things. And if someone, kids at school, you know, some of my students ask questions, it's like, I never thought about that before. That's a really good question. And then you have to think it through and work out the answer. And then you hear from them what they think and that whole discussion. And that's how we build wisdom. And I just think this is really good on you guys for putting the questions together. Thank thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you to your friend Amber for putting it out there, having the, taking the risk to ask some questions too and get some conversations going. It's really good. Yeah, thank you, Amber. <laughs> Big hugs. <laughs> um, so, yeah, till next fortnight, um, head on over to Facebook. At, um, Real Soup, just search in the Facebook search bar, Real Soup for the Real Soul, and that's the Facebook page for both my blog and my uh, podcast because I'm simplifying this year and just having the one Facebook page for both. Um, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes so that you never miss an episode when it comes out each fortnight. And until next week, keep asking questions and thinking differently and being the healthy exception. Bye guys. Bye. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.